Welcome to the Get Empowered Podcast. Your host, Erica, here, and I'm so excited for this week's episode. So this week, we're going to talk all about daring greatly. You may have heard the book by Brene Brown, Daring Greatly. I love the concept. I love the book. And so I want to go over some key points I learned from the book. The theme of daring greatly and doing big things and doing courageous things has been really prevalent in my life in the last few years. And I honestly had tried to read that book several times, but for whatever reason, the first couple times I tried reading it, it was honestly like almost triggering for me, but I read it a couple months ago. And so I want to go through it with y'all. Of course, I'm not going to do like a synopsis, but I want to go through the key points, key things I learned, and just give you some quick tips on how you can integrate Daring Greatly into your own life. So let's dive in. Welcome to the Get Empowered Podcast. My name is Erica Vishkalis, and I am a mindset mentor, personal development junkie, holistic health advocate, and lover of all things spiritual. At the Get Empowered Podcast, I'm here to help you overcome limitations, step into your power, and create your dream life. I've spent the last several years healing my mind, body, and soul, and have learned so much along the way. From healing trauma to navigating a sober lifestyle and learning how to step into my personal power, it has been transformational. If you're looking to heal, to be inspired, to uplevel your life, and to become the most empowered version of yourself, you've come to the right place. I created this podcast to help you know you are worthy of rewriting your story to help you navigate your own empowerment journey. You are worthy of living your most authentic, aligned, and inspired life, and I can help you get there. Whether you are diving deep into personal development or just need a weekly pick-me-up, I've got you covered. Thank you so much for pressing play today. I cannot wait to transform together. Let's get empowered. Welcome to the Get Empowered Podcast. Your host, Erica, here, and I'm so excited for this week's episode. We are talking all about Daring Greatly, which is an amazing book by Brene Brown. If you have not heard of it, I totally recommend going and listening to it. But first, let's talk about something I am grateful for today. So I am really grateful for the 75 hard slash phase one. I'm currently in phase one of the live hard program, which is if you decide to do the year long program after completing the 75 hard is the first phase, obviously thus called phase one. And it's kind of a lot. And I'll be honest with you guys in the first let's say the first like week and a half, I was so fucking over it. I was like, why am I doing this? The 75 hard was good enough. Like blah, 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 blah. And I was telling myself all these stories in my head on why I couldn't do it, why I shouldn't do it. And I was making all these excuses and I am on day 20 today. And let me tell you, I'm so glad I kept going. I'm so glad I persevered the first like two weeks, which really just kicked my butt. And I really didn't want to do it, especially that first week I was dragging and I just love it. I love how I feel mentally, physically, spiritually. So if you are someone that's kind of like going through a workout program or doing something that maybe you know is really good for you, maybe it's a new thing you're trying, maybe it's something you've done before in the past that you know just works really well for you and you're just like not feeling it, this is your encouragement to keep going, okay? I'm so grateful for Andy, for the creator of the program, um, and I'm so grateful for the program because I truly feel like I always thrive when I do the program. And I'm sure it's because I'm holding myself to a higher standard. That's the whole fucking point. It's not a weight loss thing, though. I have lost some weight, which cool. We love to see it, right? If that's a goal you have. But I just know that it really is something that 
brings my life to the next level, which is why I'm committing to the year-long program. And even saying that, I kind of hate it because I'm like, well, now I said it, so I have to fucking do it. But (laughs) I do love it. They have hard days. I mean, of course, there's hard days for anything. But overall, it is a program that has completely changed my life, and I'm so grateful for it. So that is something I'm grateful for. And then something I'm loving, this is tough because Honestly, I'm loving a lot of different things right now. You know, I've been reading some really good books. I've been listening to some music, but this is more of a concept. And I don't know if I've said it before, so I apologize if I'm repeating myself. But something I'm loving is just getting ready more. You know, I told myself when I just started working from home that I would start getting ready more. And don't get me wrong, there are definitely days when I'm working, I get ready versus not. But even the simple like do my skincare, do my ice rolling and put on an outfit, even if it's a casual outfit, just the act of putting on an outfit and intentionally choosing something that I feel good in is really nice. Just like, you know, if you're watching the YouTube version, I'm trying to show up here a bit more professionally because I take myself seriously. I take this podcast seriously and don't get me wrong. I don't think you need to wear makeup or anything to be professional, but I do think that it makes me feel better and, you know, look good, feel good, do good. That's what I think. So something I'm currently loving is just that overall concept of getting myself ready. Um, Something that has helped me with this, and honestly, I would love to do a deep dive. I'd love to get an expert on the podcast someday about this, but learning about my colors. So what colors look best on you? And that is tough, guys. It is so hard to figure out what your season is. You know, I've done these different like apps that tell you, And I'm not really sure if I'm a winter or a fall. And this is why. I do think I'm one of those two. You know, some people are like, oh, you could be a soft summer. Maybe, maybe. But a lot of the apps or whatever say I'm a winter, which quite possibly. But from my understanding, winters are more cool tones, though I guess there is one of the winter like palettes that is more of a neutral. And I do feel like I'm a neutral person because I can wear both silver and gold jewelry, and I think it looks pretty good, like both, but I prefer gold, right? And then my natural hair color, which you should be seeing my natural hair color if you're on YouTube. I haven't dyed it in a while, Um, and now I do semi-permanent dye, so it always, like, fades out anyways. Anywho, um, my natural hair color always, like, has red and, like, auburn in it, and then my eyes are green with, like, gold in them, and I feel like that warmth would make me not a winter, right? I feel like I'm a deep autumn. But anyhow, those deep like emeralds, those deep neutrals, those deep like fall colors always look really good on me. And so just finding colors, even if you don't know your exact season, right? But finding colors that you feel like bring out your best features and that you feel pretty in, that you feel good in, guys or girls, like when you put yourself together, even if it's not fancy per se, like right now I'm just wearing some cute shorts and a tank top and a little bit of jewelry. And some makeup, but it makes me feel good. Like I did my hair this morning and it makes me feel good. So that's something I'm loving is just being more intentional with how I present myself because I really do think that when you look good, you do good, you feel good. And it's just a confidence booster, right? So just my two cents, but that is something I'm currently loving. Now let's dive in to Daring Greatly by Brene Brown. It is an amazing book. It is a book I read probably like a month to two months ago now. And Honestly, it's a book I tried reading several times, and I don't know what it was about the book, but I could not get through it, guys. And the first time I read it, I just got really triggered. And then the second time, I think I was kind of just like not feeling it. And 
you know, I have a bookshelf and I went and I looked at my bookshelf when I was doing the 75 hard and I was like, what do I want to read next? And I saw Darian Greatly and I was like, yep, that is it. Because I've been trying to take more courageous steps in my life. And especially as you guys know, I've been going through that MBA journey. I've been loving it. You know, I finished the program and it's really been a game changer for me. But I know that to get where I want to be, I'm going to have to be courageous. I'm going to have to take big action and I'm going to have to really dare greatly in my life. So this is my question to you. How are you daring greatly in your life? Are you daring greatly in your relationship, in your career, maybe your hobbies or your fitness? And daring greatly, this act of being courageous and how I see it is really just living life to the fullest. You know, I talk, I say it in the intro, right? I want to help y'all live life to the most authentic and aligned and fulfilling version of itself for you. Because honestly, the thing that pisses me off the most is seeing people settle. And I think it's because I settled for years and years and years. I settled for absolute bullshit, right? I settled in relationships. I settled in careers. I settled in so much and not even just romantic relationships, like friendships, family relationships. I settled in so many areas of my life and I was like fine with just kind of going along. And one thing I love is how much I just desire for not more in a material sense per se, but just more fulfillment, more joy, more abundance, just more to live life more fully. Okay. And when I see people settle, it breaks my heart. It literally breaks my fucking heart when I see people, you know, in a relationship that they're really unhappy in or at a job that they fucking hate, or, you know, even in a body that they hate, like there are so many ways that you can dare greatly in life and taking care of yourself physically, mentally, spiritually. It's so important, right? And so I think a lot of this though, and this is something she talked about in the book is it's tied to your worthiness. If you don't feel worthy of living this full authentic life, you're probably not going to, you probably are more likely to settle. You know, and I talked about that in a couple episodes, recent and some of my earlier episodes, right? I have a whole episode about how to not fucking settle, (laughs) okay? And it's one of those things for me where I noticed how much it is tied to self-worth and how the more I value myself, the more I only accept, you know, people who treat me well and I accept career opportunities that treat me well and friendships that treat me well and I only do hobbies that fill up my cup or fitness routines that light me up. I don't do shit that doesn't like set my soul on fire, you know, and maybe that's the manifesting generator in me. I do think partially it is the manifesting generator in me. It's big for me to like follow the spark, follow the interest. Um, When I have like the spark died down for me, that's a sign to pivot and I pivot a lot. You know, I have pivoted a lot. I am like manifesting generator Sagittarius to the fucking core. And if you know, you know. (laughs) But one thing I think is really key is also surrounding yourself with people who encourage you to dare greatly. So something she talked about in the book is that how those who love you will support you regardless of the outcome. Okay. They will support you on your daring greatly ventures and they won't fucking care you know, whether you make the million dollars or get the thousands of subscribed like YouTube viewers or, you know, lose the hundred pounds, whatever the case may be, they will love you regardless because they will see you for 
yourself and they will see you daring greatly. They will see you taking steps to live life more fully, more joyfully, more abundantly, whatever the case may be, you know, whatever your situation is. And a lot of us let our worthiness be put in the hands of others. You know, we let other people define our self-worth. I've done it for fucking years. I've done it for years. I mean, I really think that if we don't feel loved and if we don't have that self-love, it's really hard to feel worthy. And I've talked about this before, but you know, one of the things that really affected me from my childhood, from the trauma I've experienced over the years, is it really took a toll on how I saw myself, on my worthiness. And it shouldn't have, but it did, okay? And I'm not saying that it's a good thing that it did, but it did, right? You know, I told myself, well, my dad doesn't even love me, so why the fuck should I love me? And that wasn't even true, but that was the story I was telling myself, okay? That's like what I thought was reality. And this is my reminder to you that those who don't support you aren't worth the energy. They aren't worth, I'm not saying don't care about them, but don't give them any bother. The people that aren't cheering you on, don't give them any bother. You know, I shared with someone recently a goal I have of something I want to do, and it's big and it's scary. And um, I'm a bit nervous. <laughs> I'm nervous to even tell people. So I've only told like two or three people, really. Well, like, other than one of my small groups where we kind of share our goals and dreams. Um, but outside of that small group, I only like two or three people know something that I'm working on and like a goal and a dream that I have. And, you know, I told this person and one of their first things they said to me was, well, hasn't that already been done? Like, how would you do it differently? And this is something I understand a lot of people have that question, but I will say this. I mean, how many personal development podcasts are there? There's a shit ton of them. There's a shit ton. There's a ton of motivational speakers. There's a ton of fitness coaches. There's a ton of food bloggers. But what, no matter what your passion is, even if someone else is doing something similar to what you want to do, that should not stop you from daring greatly, taking the action and doing the thing that sets your soul on fire. Why? Because one, there are millions and millions of people in this world. There's billions of people in this world, right? And if there's billions of people, that means that there's a very good chance that your message is going to reach the people that it needs to reach, right? So the people that resonate with you will find your content. So let's just say it's like a blogger or an influencer or whatever. If you are sharing something from your heart, from your authentic, you know, version of yourself, from your place of passion and love, it's going to find the people it's meant to find. And it doesn't really matter if there's other coaches or other bloggers or other singers, you know, because we, I mean, shoot. There's the joke all the time that country music is either about beer or your girlfriend dumping you or your dog, right? And of course, there's more to it than just that. But that's like some themes of country music. Yet there's still thousands of country songs that people fucking love, right? So those who are meant to hear your message will hear it. And sometimes you need to hear something from a specific person. I mean, for example... My dad, my stepdad, whatever, he was one of the coaches on my ski team. He wasn't the main coach, but he was one of the coaches. And he's a very good skier, good racer. And, you know, he would tell me something and it was kind of in one ear out the other. But my head coach could tell me the exact same thing. And I'd be like, oh, yeah, I should do that just because I needed to hear it from someone else. And that may sound fucking dumb, 
But let's be honest. Sometimes someone's message will just resonate with you in a different way and in a way that like hits home. You know, I'm not reinventing the wheel here. I share things that I have learned from books, from personal experience, from other podcasts, and I share them and I try to give credit, you know, where credit is due. But I also share my interpretation of these things. And sometimes it just hits people differently. I mean, I know that there's a couple people that have reached out to me about certain episodes, um, how they really liked this thing or that thing. And I'm sure I wasn't the first person that ever said that to them or the first place they heard that message. But for whatever reason, it resonated in a different way. So when you're looking at what do you want to do, remember that one, remove yourself from the outcome. It doesn't matter what the outcome is because would you rather not look at your life and be like, I'm so glad I tried, you know? So one, remove yourself from the outcome and just know that those who are meant to receive your content, your message, whatever the case may be, will, okay? And we let the stories that we have in our head about who we're supposed to be and what we are supposed to do, we let them live rent-free, right? So we let them just stay in our head and really control the narrative that we tell ourselves. And one thing she talked about in the book is the difference between guilt and shame. And a lot of people say these things interchangeably, but they are very different, right? Guilt is I did something bad and shame is I am bad. Shame is way more personal than guilt. And I say this as someone that has had to work through a lot of shame, a lot of shame. And when we let shit, like when we have shame, we let the shame we have hold us back often. I'm not saying everyone does, but a lot of people do because it's so tied to our worthiness. But this is my reminder to you. Your shame does not make you unworthy. Whatever it is that makes you feel shame does not make you unworthy and it does not define you. And that is something that took fucking years years for me to unlearn. And I still struggle with it sometimes. If I'm being very vulnerable with you, I still struggle with it sometimes because I'm someone that I have a lot of shame and I have a lot of shame for things. Some things, you know, I shouldn't have shame for because I was a kid. I didn't do anything wrong, um, but I let other people shame me, right? And then I let that story get in my head and I let it control the narrative of what I was telling myself. But then also, as I've shared with you guys before, you know, I am three and a half years sober. I did a lot of stupid shit. And even before that, really, you know, like in high school, I didn't drink in high school. I wasn't one of those people. And I'm not judging you if you were. I just was boring. (laughs) I don't know. I was very Catholic and very boring. And um, so I didn't drink. But I still held a lot of shame because you know what? I was sometimes a little bit of a bitch because I knew what I was going towards and I knew I had goals and I didn't care what other people thought and I just did my fucking thing. So I remember, for example, like one day I was like randomly in charge of a lot of shit and I ended up becoming president of um, the National Honor Society. And there's a lot of people in that group. And I remember someone like, asked a question. And I just responded like so matter-of-factly that it wasn't meant to be rude, but it probably was like rude a little bit. And sometimes I hold on to that. Or, you know, when I was in college and I like definitely partied too hard or whatever, I think of, wow, like there are certain people in my life who only know the unhealed version of Erica. And what a shame that is, you know, and then it makes me feel shame. But at the same time, you know, we all grow we all change. And I think it's really naive to think that people can't grow through those things, grow through their trauma, grow through their coping mechanisms. 
And I, this is my reminder to you because I've had to tell myself it, but your shame does not define you. The, the things you've done in your life that maybe you're not proud of, that make you feel unworthy, make you feel unloved, they do not define you. They're part of your story. And honestly, we're going to get into this later, but owning your story is such a powerful fucking thing because you know what? No one in this life is perfect. Not one single fucking person is perfect. And if they try to tell you it, they are full of shit. Okay. Go get them an enema because they are full of shit, right? Like, absolutely not. We all have stuff we are not proud of. We all have made mistakes. And yeah, maybe some more than others, but it doesn't even matter because it's part of our story. You know, I talk about this a lot. I'm a big believer in like karma and soul contracts. And I feel like we are all here on this earth to experience certain things and to learn certain lessons and that we carry it on with us into the next life. And that may sound silly to some of you, but it brings me a lot of peace because it helps me know it's just part of my story and it doesn't define me as a person. And it took me a long time to unlearn that, to unlearn that it, I told myself for years, you know, that my trauma, for example, my trauma defined me you know, oh yeah, my parents are divorced. Oh yeah, I haven't seen my dad in 18 years. Oh yeah, like this, this, or this happened. I'm a statistic in this way or that way. And you guys know that I am not about that victim mindset any longer, but I let myself be a victim for years and years and years. And a lot of it was because that shame that I held on to. And we let shame hold us back in so many areas. So if you're looking to dare greatly, you really need to learn how to work through that shame. And Brene Brown talks about shame resilience in her book. And there's different things you can do to to implement shame resilience into your life. And I love these. And when I read them, I was like, wow, this actually is things I did that I didn't even realize I was doing, you know, to build that shame resilience. Because all of us experience shame at one point or the other. But it's a really important thing to remember that just because maybe you did something you're not proud of doesn't make you a bad person, okay? Just because maybe you made poor de- decisions or, you know, someone caught you on a bad day, that does not make you a bad person or an unworthy person. We all have our moments and we all have our times where, you know, we could have done better and maybe we were out of alignment, you know, and so we just acted in a way we're not proud of. And that's okay. I think it's really important to learn how to forgive yourself. But when it comes to practicing shame resilience and building that shame resilience, here are some things that Brene um, recommends. Okay, so first is practicing courage and reaching out. So sharing your experience with someone who has earned the right to hear it is what she talks about and who love you despite our vulnerabilities. And this is really important because I remember, and I'm not going to name names, but I remember I was in the midst of my binge drinking to cope with my feelings and my traumas and my struggles. And I had a not good night. I had a not fucking good night. And I shared that not good night with someone. And I told them what had happened and how I had acted and how I was not proud of how I had acted. And I felt like a piece of shit for it. And Instead of like loving me and not saying that when you act in a way you're not proud of that people need to tell you, oh, like it's okay, it's okay, it's okay. But 
you don't want to share that with someone who's going to make you feel worse, which is essentially what happened. And I basically was shamed for um, my pain and the things that I did that I wasn't proud of. Now, granted, it fucking happens. And I understand that when you do things that you aren't proud of, that you should take ownership and responsibility. But let me tell you one thing about myself that I'm proud of. Even when I have fucked up, I always own my shit. A hundred percent always own my shit. And I really encourage every single one of you to take on that personality trait because no one likes when you do stupid shit and you don't own up to it. All right. Like that is aggravating as fuck. So (laughs) I may not be a perfect person, but I always acknowledge when I have fucked up. Right. And so I shared this time, I shared this experience with someone and I just needed to feel loved and I needed to be told, Hey, you had a bad night, but that doesn't make you a bad person. And essentially, they just shamed me. And you know what? That really bit them in the ass when then they uh, kind of fucked me over. And I, I'm sorry, but I was not really willing to be their shoulder to cry on because I was like, you know what? I do love you, but I, I need to separate myself from this situation. And, you know, I was involved in this situation. I was very hurt by the situation. But I would be lying if a small part of me wasn't like, you know what, remember that time, those multiple times when I came to you and I shared my vulnerability with you and I shared with you where I was struggling and you basically told me I was a big piece of shit. I'm not going to tell you you're a big piece of shit, but I'm just going to remove myself from the equation because I'm still a little pissed off about that. So we're going to not. So I think it's really important that when you practice the courage and reach out, you do it to someone that is very safe. And learning who are your safe people is extremely important. Really, really, really important. And I remember, I think one of the reasons that I've grown so much in the past couple of years, of course, I do the work, right? I go to ACA, I go to therapy, I do all this shit. But another big thing is I've shared this before and it might be corny, but it's just reality is Kyle has helped me so much grow as a person because it's one of the first times in my life that I have felt truly loved for who I am authentically as an individual. There's a handful of people in my life that I think truly love me, flaws and all, and Kyle is one of them. And being surrounded by the energy daily is huge. It's really huge. So one thing I do recommend is get a partner who sees you for you, who you don't have to like explain yourself all the time, who it doesn't feel like you're talking to a fucking brick wall, right? Like that understands you and understands your heart and loves you on your good days and your bad days because we all have them. And having that safe space to land, you know, for example, on a much you know, smaller note, when I had the courage to tell him that I wanted to start a podcast, he was so supportive. And of course, we didn't know what the outcome was going to be of the podcast, but he was so fucking supportive, right? And Or maybe if I'm having a bad day and I need his advice on something and maybe like I tell him, hey, I kind of fucked up here or I feel like I wasn't my best here. He doesn't shame me. He listens and he loves and he's like, okay, well, maybe we could do this next time or think about it in this way. And it's really important to have those people in your life who are your safe spaces. So that is one way to build resilience is to, or shame resilience, I should say, but also resilience in general, is to practice courage and reach out and talk to someone 
who has earned the right to hear your experiences and to hear your heart, not just anyone. You really do need to be mindful. Okay, so the second thing, and this is something I'm still working on, but I will say I've gotten much better, especially after my energy healing session, which I shared about um, in the spirituality episode, which I believe is 62. And um, yeah, I think it's 62. It's 61 or 62. But talking to yourself in the same way you would talk to someone you love when maybe they're not feeling good about themselves or something happened and they're not proud of it, talk to yourself in a loving, kind, and gentle way. This is something I've been bad at for literally years. Literally years. I have had the worst self-talk for years. And it's funny because I would never talk to a friend that way. I would never let a friend talk about themselves that way. Yet I have been so fine with me talking shit about myself to myself. I'm like, God, Erica, you're such a dumbass or this or that. And I say that all the time so casually. And again, Kyle coming in clutch, he will literally be like, don't talk about yourself that way. And I have to do it to him too, right? If I say something like, oh, I was so dumb and I forgot to do, you know, X, Y, Z thing. And it's so small, say like a house chore. Or I forgot something at the grocery store. He'll be like, don't talk about yourself that way. You're not dumb. Okay, you forgot something. It's not a big deal. But I, and a lot of us, I have so much shame that I've worked through that I have years and years and years built up of a negative self-talk and this negative narrative about myself. So A big part of building shame resilience is talking to yourself in a way that you would talk to someone you love, like you talk to your best friend or your partner or your lover, whomever, okay? The next one, and this is where I think for me the podcast has been incredibly healing, is owning your story. Don't let your story fester. Don't let it define you. And something she says is, if you own the story, you get to write the ending. How fucking powerful is this? And that's what I mean by... For example, if you fuck up, own it. Own the fucking story and rewrite the ending. And I'm going to go on a bit of a rant right now. Here's the thing, guys. If you own your story, if you take charge of your life, you can write the ending into whatever the fuck you want it to be. And of course, there are things we cannot control in this life. I mean, I went all on it in um, a recent episode about how I'm kind of scared of having kids. But at the same time, it's not that I'm scared of having kids. I'm also scared of what if I can't have kids? And the whole kid thing freaks me the fuck out, you know? But I'm owning the story of that is something that I'm working through right now because it's something I want and I'm scared it's not going to happen. And actually, we're going to talk about that a little bit later on in the episode. But owning your story. So me owning the story of, you know what? I used to binge drink in college and it was not a good side of me. And I'm not proud of that. But at the same time, I learned from it in this, this, and this way. I grew from it in this, this, and this way. It allows me to own and define the fucking story. And when you own the story, it really, it really gives you power back. And it allows you to realize that, you know what? I am the author of my own life. And that sounds corny as fuck, but it's true. When you own your story, you don't let the story define you and you allow yourself to really write the ending of your story. So when I decided to take charge of my life, I was like, okay, I could be miserable. For example, I could be miserable in this career or I could take fucking ownership and rewrite my story here and find something that I enjoy and find something that brings me joy, right? And I think it's really, really important to own your story, the good, the bad, the ugly own all of it. Because you know what? What is a book 
if it's all just fucking roses and butterflies and sunshine and rainbows, that's a pretty fucking boring book. You got to have the twists and you got to have the turns. You got to have the ups and the downs, right? That story arc. And in our own life story, when we own the good, the bad, the ugly, it's a powerful fucking thing. And again, I think it, it decreases that shame, thus it's part of the shame resilience, okay? And something else that Brene Brown also talks about is empathy is a ladder out of the shame hole. So a lot of us put ourselves in the shame hole. So that's kind of what I was talking about earlier when I shared with someone, hey, like this happened and I kind of feel bad about it. I got further into my shame hole because they had no fucking empathy. They had none. And that fucking sucked because I was like, oh, well, I guess I am like just absolute trash. That's cool. And don't get me wrong. It is like, not easy to share with someone when you have fucked up. When you own your story, that's not always an easy thing to do, right? So this is something for you to remember as well when people share with you. Having empathy is paramount because something I wish our world really knew more and would live more is that every single person in this world has a different story and has a different experience, right? So If someone is looking at the world through their lens, they're going to see it differently. And I just wish we all understood that and had more empathy for each other because I think we are so quick to judgment. We are so quick to criticize. We're so quick to cancel. And it's like, for example, someone that grew up in a fucking tiny ass town in Iowa is going to have a different experience than someone who grew up in New York City. Like their view and their lens on life is probably going to be pretty fucking different. So why don't we have more empathy for each other and empathy for the different stories and the different experiences that we have had? So when someone shares something with you, have fucking empathy because it helps them get out of their shame, right? It's really important. And I really believe that the more you practice it with others, the more you will receive it. I really think that the energy you put into the world is the energy you are going to get back, right? And this is a quote that I loved. So I'm going to I'm going to bring it out from the book. And she says, "If we are going to find our way out of shame and back to each other, vulnerability is the path and courage is the light. To set down those lists of what we're supposed to be is brave. To love ourselves and support each other in the process of becoming real is perhaps the greatest single act of daring greatly." Isn't that powerful? How true is that, guys? When we love ourselves and we support each other in the process of becoming our true authentic self, it is daring greatly. And I've been talking about this a lot lately, the concept of daring greatly and living in your authentic purpose and finding joy and just becoming your true authentic self. Like that is something I have been working towards. That's been something I've been sharing on the podcast. And honestly, this is something she said, and this is again, like, shout out to Kyle. I really think it's one reason why I've been able to grow, but it's much easier to become your real self when you know you are loved, right? Because how many times do we let the the narrative of what we're quote supposed to be, supposed to do, supposed to act, supposed to look like, you know, how often do we let that define us and define our lives? And when you know that you are loved for you, for the most authentic version of you, that is powerful. When you are loved, whether, you know, you're all fucking dolled up or you just rolled out of bed. When you're loved, whether, you know, for me, I'm like the week before my period and I'm a hormonal mess or when I'm like having an amazing day and I'm fucking thriving. When I'm loved, 
throughout all those times, it is so powerful and it helps you have so much confidence. And of course, we don't want to put all of our confidence and our self-worth into another person. Absolutely not. No, but it is a good reminder to know you are loved. And I think that is one reason to go back to spirituality for a hot minute. I think it's why so many people who practice religion find so much comfort in like feeling loved by a God or a universe or whatever, because it allows them to feel that eternal love. And it's much easier to be yourself when you feel loved, right? And I think that is why if we're really going deep down in the rabbit hole for a hot sec, I think that's why when children experience trauma and they don't feel loved, it fucks with them so much. I mean, I literally lost a parent and a family overnight. And no, they didn't die, but they chose to not fucking see me anymore. And you know how painful that was? That was a fucking gut punch for my self-confidence. And at 10 years old, it really fucking shaped me. And that's not an excuse for stupid shit I've done. But to be honest, that's why it's taken me years and years and years to grow back into this version of myself where I actually do love myself. And it's still a journey I'm on. You know, it's not like I'm all the way there yet, but I'm getting there, which is exciting. So it's really, it's a lot easier to become real when you're loved. And I think this is why it's so important to make sure you're surrounding yourself with people who actually give a fuck about you. Like, let's be done with fake friends, fake relationships, like fuck all that. If you're not on the support, insert name here, train, get the fuck off the train to be quite honest. And I have actually said that to people before. (laughs) I don't care. I've said it to people before. And I apologize. How little sniffle. But honestly, guys, surrounding yourself with people who support you is a game changer. It is a game changer. Surrounding yourself with people who love you really is a life hack. (laughs) And getting rid of those who bring you down, who are competitive with you. You know, we all know, I hate to say this, but we're just going to go there for a minute. We all know those girls that are like really competitive with other women. And instead of lifting them up, like feel competitive and want to bring them down, like fuck that. No one needs that. No one needs that petty bullshit. All right. So she says, believing we are enough is the key. So she talks about how I am enough, which is worthiness versus shame, and I've had enough. So boundaries versus one-upping in comparison, and how showing up, taking risks, and letting myself be seen is enough. So engagement versus disengagement. So the opposite of shame is like worthiness, right? And boundaries, the opposite of that would be one-upping in comparison, which is not as great. But we all know I think boundaries are a fucking love language. I love a boundary so fucking much. But also shake showing up, taking risks, and letting yourself be seen. That is powerful. And that's like engaging in life versus just drawing back and like being a wallflower. And it's really, really important. She also talks a lot about, and this is something I've been talking about in a roundabout way for a while now, is embracing joy and practicing gratitude are key parts of daring greatly. And this is an interesting thing. And I don't want to go too into it because I really think y'all just need to read the fucking book. The book is incredible. But how many times have you had something like good happen or joyful happen and you're just waiting for the other shoe to drop? You're just scared. When is the bad thing going to happen? When is the guy going to leave me? Or when is, you know, the 
job going to fire me or what the fuck ever. Things are going too good right now. What's going to happen next? I struggle with this because to be honest, it does feel like whenever I'm in a really good season of life, it's like universe fucking smacks me up the head with something massive, but that's okay. It's okay. It's good to embrace the joy and to practice the gratitude of the life that you have because joy and gratitude is key to daring grateful, great. Wow. To wow. Words are hard. Joy and gratitude is key to daring greatly. And gratitude is how we acknowledge that there is enough and that we are enough. I have a whole fucking episode on gratitude. It came out on Thanksgiving this past year. And I think practicing gratitude in your daily life is really fucking important. But so is embracing joy. And that's something I've been working on recently because honestly, it can be a little scary sometimes to practice joy. Because especially if you're someone like me or you have trauma, at times it can feel like, okay, but how long is this joyful season going to last? And so this was something I've talked about actually in that um, fuck the timeline episode. I forget which one it was, but it, it was pretty recent. And I talk all about, you know, how I do want kids someday, but I'm scared. I'm scared. What if I can't have them because you don't really know until you start trying and I'm not trying. And like, I see a lot of people struggling with infertility and blah, blah, fucking blah. And it's like a lot of times we take this thing that's good or that's great and we don't let ourselves feel the beauty of it, feel the joy of it. You know, for example, like when you're in a really healthy, happy, loving relationship, And you're like, okay, well, when is he going to dump me? When is he going to realize who I actually am? Blah, blah, blah. And when you're with the right person, they're going to love you on the good and the bad days, you know? And it's hard when you haven't allowed yourself to really embrace joy before. Learning how to embrace joy or learning, you know, I think kids are really good at this, but as we age and as we experience things, I feel like our society actually doesn't encourage embracing joy. And that's something I hope to relearn within myself. And then if I do have a family someday, pass that along because joy is so fucking important. And that's something I love about Kyle. I feel like he's so good at embracing the joy in every day. You know, I always joke that he's like the fun one. I'm like the more serious one. He's the fun one. (laughs) And he's so good at like embracing joy and showing me how to embrace joy and like setting that example for me. Not that he like consciously sets the example, but by him embracing his joy and the things he loves to do, it shows me and kind of gives me permission to do so too. Not that he gives me permission, but you know what I mean? Seeing someone else do it, it encourages it it in you. So joy is really important and gratitude is really important because here's the thing. Honestly, in my opinion, and Brene kind of talks about this in the book a bit, when you are experiencing joy, it's honestly being vulnerable to yourself because you're allowing yourself feel something so positive and happy and full of maybe love or whatever. And it does open the door to potential disappointment if that goes away. But you know what? Here's the thing I want to remind you. Even if it goes away, I really believe it will come back. I do. Because I think we all have those like seasons of life that are filled with happiness and love and joy and whatever. And we also have those seasons that are harder and maybe full of more struggle or um, twists and turns or whatever. I don't want to put like negative vibes out, but you know what I mean? We all have like the hills and the valleys. It's, It's a big thing in life. So embracing joy and practicing gratitude is just so important. And honestly, it is really big when it comes to daring greatly and living your life to the fullest. Now, 
If you struggle with numbing, there's a couple things you can do because a lot of people struggle with numbing. I talk about this a lot, especially my sobriety episodes. That's why I drank was to numb. I didn't want to feel my feelings. I was scared. I honestly just wanted to be numb to life because honestly, life had been so hard and so traumatizing and so painful right? So I, I struggled with numbing. So how, if you feel like you numb in life, and I think a lot of people do, and not necessarily in a addiction way in the sense of like alcohol or drugs, but how many times do we numb on our phone? How many times do we numb watching Netflix or numb by binge eating? Maybe you don't even call it binge eating, but like how many times do we numb by having the fucking chocolate? Maybe we shouldn't be having or the ice cream or the sex or the drugs or the booze or what the fuck ever it may be or the overworking. I mean, how many people in today's society numb from their lives by working, 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 working? I mean, we all know the stereotype. It's real. It's there. It's out there. So if you struggle with numbing, that is not going to allow you to dare greatly. How can you learn how to dare greatly? greatly if you're numbing yourself. So here's a couple things she talks about. So if you struggle with numbing, one, learn how to actually feel your feelings. And I say this a lot, feel your feelings, but don't get stuck there. Don't get stuck there. Allow yourself to feel the good, the bad, the ugly, feel the fullness of life, feel it. And I think that is one of the things that helped me get out of that numbing mindset was allowing myself to feel the good and the bad. And you know what, when I stopped drinking, I had to learn to feel that shit, the shit that I normally would go cover up by fucking tequila. (laughs) I was that bitch. I would make you do tequila shots with me. Yep, that was me in a nutshell. So learning how to actually feel your feelings and be like, okay, instead of going out and having a night out on the town, not saying you can't go out and have fun with friends. And of course, I think there are times when it's appropriate to maybe have a little bit of distraction in life. We don't want to just be hermits and we don't want to be like constantly overanalyzing either. I think that can be very unhealthy. I think some healthy distractions are a good thing, right? But to the extent where your numbing is not. So learning how to feel your feelings is so important. So feel your feelings and don't get stuck there. That is like one of my, if I could fucking trademark it, I would. Okay. Next thing is stay mindful about numbing behaviors. So a lot of people probably wouldn't call me an alcoholic because I didn't drink every day. But when I drank, it was to fucking numb and it was super unhealthy, right? It was a coping mechanism for my fucking life. So when I learned how to be mindful, I think that's why I was able to quit without like going to rehab or AA or anything was because I just had to be mindful about when I was numbing and why I was numbing and how I was numbing. And then you're able to catch yourself in the pattern. You're able to catch yourself. So let's do something a little bit more um, applicable to probably a lot of people. Let's say you had a really hard day at work or at school or with your kids or with your spouse, whatever. And you're like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to go on TikTok for like 20 minutes. And then it's an hour later and you just numbed yourself. And again, I think sometimes it can be a little bit of a good thing to allow yourself that mental break, but you need to learn, like, am I always doing this? Is it becoming a numbing pattern? Because that is not good. So being mindful, and you guys know, I preach mindfulness and intentionality in every fucking area of my life, every single area. It is so incredibly important. But if you struggle with numbing, this is key, learning how to be mindful. Now, also learning how to lead into the discomfort of hard emotions. So we just talked about how to feel your feelings 
like I said, feel your feelings. Don't get stuck there. But learning how to lean into the discomfort of hard emotions, it is fucking important. And I know a lot of people do not want to feel that hard shit. But you know what? And this is something people say all the time. I did not make this shit up. But when you learn how to feel the hard, it allows you to feel the good even better, right? Like when you sit through the pain, when you sit through the sorrow, when you allow yourself to fully heal it, you're able to release it. I think a lot of things that, you know, our society is struggling with it is is they don't let themselves, people don't let themselves feel the hard shit. They just want to numb it out, numb it out, numb it out. And then it kind of like turns off the good things too, right? Like if you're numbing the bad, you're probably numbing the good to an extent, right? So learning how to lean into the discomfort of hard emotions, like we were saying, even joy can be a hard emotion for people, especially if you're someone that maybe has had a lot of trauma. I know a lot of people with trauma struggle with this because they're like, oh God, I can't trust it. You know, the chaos isn't, or the chaos is what you know for a lot of people who struggle with trauma, right? The peace isn't seen as safe. I know I struggled with that for a long time. I didn't see peace as safe. I didn't see stability as safe because that's not what I knew in a lot of ways, okay? So learning how to lean into the discomfort of the hard emotions really will help you with not numbing, okay? And to end, daring greatly isn't about winning or losing. It's about courage and having courage to live your life to the fucking fullest, having the courage to live a life you love, a life full of joy, and a life that fills your cup, and having the courage to show yourself and let yourself be seen, to show up and be your true authentic self and let yourself be seen. And this is something that I've struggled with. If I'm just being authentic with you guys, like I am so scared to be seen for myself. And that's where honestly, it's like, but Erica, you have a fucking podcast and you kind of lay a lot of your shit out of there. What are you talking about? I understand. But that's where this has actually been a great practice for me because so many people, like in my personal life, I would not actually let them see me for me. And I kind of would hide my authentic self because it was scary. (laughs) And daring greatly is all about having the courage to live a life you love, to live a life full of joy and a life that fills your cup, right? So have the courage to show up and to be yourself and to let yourself be seen. So I don't know if this makes sense to y'all. But this book changed my life. I'm so glad I finally read it. And I hope that you all dare greatly, right? Because honestly, life is so much more fulfilling and fun and authentic and joyful when you dare greatly, when you put yourself out there, when you do the things you love unapologetically. You know, that's big for me this year. I think unapologetic is kind of like my word of the year. Of course, I mean a positive way. Like I'm going to do the shit that I want to do. I'm going to do it fully and I'm going to be myself and I'm not going to give a flying fuck what anyone says about it. And that's where we're at, people. So, you know, if you don't like it, that's fine. Look away. You have the power to do that. Little mini rat. We also don't need to constantly comment on what everyone is doing all the time. If you don't agree with something that someone says or something that someone does, you can just like look away and like mind your own business, right? Anywho, sorry, mini rant. I'm just so over everyone like trying to be in everyone's lives all the time. It's like exhausting. So that's just Erica, mini rant for y'all. But daring daring greatly is really impactful. And daring greatly, in my opinion, is one of the biggest gifts you can give yourself because not to be morbid, but it's like we don't know how long we have on this earth. 
So why would you not want to take full advantage of your time here? You know, like dare great, dare greatly live a life that you fucking love, have the courage to be seen, have a courage to live a life you love, have a cur- have the courage to live a life full of joy and happiness. It is a beautiful thing to allow yourself to do that. And I've just been just starting to do that in the past year, and it has been a game changer. But let's now end with a chakra card pull. I did pull a card already because I thought this would be a, lit- a bit of a longer episode, so I pulled a card right before. And we got the grounding card, guys. I love this card. It is the Earth Star Chakra. It is associated with a red garnet crystal if you have one. And so this is the this is your sign that it's time to get grounded. Maybe life has been scattered for you. Maybe it's all over the place. Maybe you just aren't feeling yourself. It is so important to get grounded. And nature is healing. So when we say grounded, I genuinely mean grounded with nature, with Mother Earth. It is really, really powerful and really healing. And it's very common in life to feel like the whirlwind and craziness kind of gets you off balance. And when you're allowed to And when you allow yourself to ground and to center, it really can bring you back to yourself and it can bring so much peace and stability. So this can be something as simple as going for a walk, but literally the concept of grounding, of becoming one with nature, there is literal science behind it nowadays, guys. I don't have the science on top of my head, but there is science behind grounding. There's science behind getting out in nature in the trees. Maybe take your shoes off. Just let your feet feel the grass. Just sit in nature, sit, go to a park, sit in the grass. I mean, how many times did you love doing that as a kid? You know, you'd roll around down the hills and you'd fucking run around and you'd pick the flowers. You know, it's summer now. How many times, or maybe spring, depending on where you are, it's pretty much summer here in Arizona. But grounding yourself can bring so much peace and so much clarity. And literally, it will affect the electrical charges in your body. And grounding, if you know electricity, is very, very important. So get outside, whether that's a hike, a bike ride, a walk in the woods, literally just sitting in your yard, look at some flowers, look at the clouds, whatever, whatever the case may be. But this is your sign that if life has been all over the place, that if life has been scattered, if you're feeling hectic, if you're feeling on edge, this is your sign and your reminder to make some time to ground yourself this week. Even if it's just five minutes, it will change your life. I promise you. So thank you guys so much for listening. I really hope that today's message made sense. I I know I was kind of all over the place, but daring greatly is such an important topic and it's such a broad topic. You can apply it in so many different areas of your life. And I think that by applying this, as I was reading the book, I realized how much I had gone through this in like ACA and therapy. And I was like, oh, that makes sense. That makes sense. That makes sense. So I hope this was just an introduction for you on how you can dare greatly in your own life. And I just, to end today, guys, to end something I need to say is no matter what your story, no matter what your past, no matter what your history is, do not let it define you. Do not let it define you. I mean, some of the most inspirational, uplifting people I have listened to or read books from had the quote, worst pass, or maybe made some massive mistakes or what the fuck ever. I mean, I've made up plenty of my own and I'm sure you have too, because we're all fucking human, right? But your story doesn't define you and you are the author of your fucking life. So go out there, take your story, put it in your own hand. 
and write out the ending that you want. Write out the chapters, write out the middle section, whatever part of life you're at. Write your own fucking story. Be the author of your own life. Be the creator of your own life. Don't just stop just fucking around. Stop just going with the flow. Take life by the fucking balls and go for it. Live your life to the fullest. Live the life that you want, not the life that your mother wants for you, that your fucking partner wants for you, that society wants for you or tells you to have. Live the life that you want unapologetically. Because let me tell you, when you step into that energy, it is satisfying as fuck. Okay? So, sorry. Had to end with that. I love you all so much. Do not forget to stay empowered. Okay? Y'all, I know that you guys can dare greatly. I know, I know it. If you are listening to this podcast, you are someone that wants to live life to its fullest. I 120 million percent believe that. So take some time this week, dare greatly, take full advantage of all the amazing opportunities you have. I love you so much. I'm so appreciative of you. Thank you guys for listening and I will see y'all next week. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I'm so grateful for each and every one of you for taking the time to be a part of our Get Empowered community. Don't forget to check the show notes for the resources I shared in today's episode, and of course, to connect with me on social. You can find all of our offers and community links at empoweredwitherica.com. I always love hearing from you, so don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe, and tag me with your biggest takeaways from today's episode. Let me know what you loved and what you want to hear more about and share it with someone who you think would love it too. I cannot wait to share more with you. I'll see you next week and don't forget to stay empowered.